to the Starting With One podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Our goal is to provide our audience with interesting, relevant information on Canadian healthcare, financial and estate planning issues, and running a business. With each episode, Robin and Al will be exploring topics that matter to you. Starting With One is built off of our experience that we enhance the lives of many starting with one. Every great story that we get to share all started with one phone call, one conversation, or one meeting. These are the stories that make us very proud to do what we do, and it all starts with one. Welcome back to another episode of the Starting With One podcast. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, along with my business partner and co-host, Al McDonald. Hello, Al. Hi, Robin. Well, we're into the fall, Al, and uh, but I got to ask you, how was your summer? Great summer. Uh, I did a lot of riding, and it was a lot of good weekends, a lot of perfect weather to be out on my bike, so I really enjoyed it. Well, you hit on that point. Of, of all the years, I mean, to really have some, maybe some free time. I'm not sure if I had any more free time. Uh, probably not, but what a fantastic summer weather-wise. We've been out almost every night and almost every weekend, so, uh, so that was amazing. So I'm so excited. It's Podcast Friday again, and we have some uh, amazing guests lined up coming and those episodes will be dropping in the next little while. But before we get started, I have to extend a big thank you to our listeners because I'm always amazed at the reach of the show. Way back when, about two years ago, when I started the podcast, it was the Benefits Corner back then, before you joined me, Al, I really had no idea what I was doing, especially in the beginning, and never did I dream the show would be downloaded across Canada in about a dozen states or so now into Europe, and even into South America. So whoever's listening in South America, thanks so much because it blows my mind. But seriously, thank you for everyone for your continued support. We really appreciate it. All right. Well, I said we had some amazing guests booked. Today's no exception. And this is someone who I followed their career for a lot of years now and someone who I really respect and admire. We have Lori Kasman from Willow. Welcome to the show, Lori. Thanks so much, Robin. Really uh, pleased to be here with yourself and Al today. Lori, you and I, we don't get to chat enough, but when we do, you, it's amazing. I like to surround myself with positive people who are driven. And every time I have a conversation with you, I find you make such an impact on everywhere you go. So I'm, I'm just so happy to have you here. Well, thank you so much, Robin. You and I have had this conversation in the past and the feeling is very much mutual. Absolutely. Yeah, you just exude positivity. And as you said, I I feel the same way. I think it's so important, especially these days that we're surrounding ourselves with optimism and positivity. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. So, Lori, I'm going to ask you to tell us just a little bit about Wello because we are going to get into some, so don't give away too much. We're going to get into some of those questions, but maybe you are the president and CRO. And by the way, I love the title. It just sounds powerful, a CRO. And I was joking around with Al the other day. My CTO is actually out of a job right now. So I've always joked around that my wife is our chief travel officer. And she's the most amazing person I've ever met of being able to create these incredible experiences, being very limited with travel right now. She's out of a job. So I I hope to get her uh, back to that position uh, soon. But why don't we start, Lori, with telling who is Wello, what is Wello, who are they, and then we'll jump into some questions. Yeah, absolutely. So Wello is a 24-7 virtual care uh, service. So we service the Canadian market at this point, but certainly looking at other markets. Our workforce is primarily nurse practitioners, and we are very focused on coordination of care. So 
with some models, you know, that uh, sort of immediate access to virtual care services, uh, similar to a walk-in clinic type model is core to the offering. It's certainly a component of our offering, but I will say strategically, we are very focused on building strong relationships with our members and our patients and being a key component of their care team along their care journey. So, you know, it's less about a one-time appointment need and more about a long-term relationship, as well as liaising with any others that are in their care coordination team, for example, their primary care physician. That's really interesting to hear because my perception, especially in the beginning, when I didn't know a heck of a lot about virtual care platforms, my perception was very much that of a, an experience like a walking clinic. I go, you know, I, maybe I get my prescription and I walk away and I, I maybe never see that physician again. So you're saying this is more of a relationship that is going to be ongoing from that first visit and something ongoing like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I do also just want to say there's there's value in both models, very much so, right? So immediate access to care for those acute needs is very important. And I would say, you know, now more than ever, immediate access to care virtually for those acute episodic needs is critical. But in addition to that, we recognize, especially in the employer space, chronic disease management and access to care on an ongoing basis where there's sharing of information. And really a relationship that's been built that's supporting best outcomes is critical. And that's the place where we want to be on that care journey long term. Yeah, absolutely. So, Lori, you know, we were, we were chatting a little bit offline prior to the podcast, but the world has changed dramatically. And some maybe we'll get back to one day and, and maybe some of it has, has changed forever. But I guess the starting point where I wanted to start with the questions was, how is virtual healthcare platforms like yours supporting remote work and the future of the workforce? Because obviously that's, that's changed quite dramatically. Absolutely. So we are now seeing the majority of workforces uh, that are non-essential workers having transitioned now into these remote environments. And we were talking about it at the top of our conversation. It represents a great deal of change management for employers but also for employees, you know, you're dealing with perhaps family members who are with you while you're working, uh, perhaps distractions along the way. I think for employers, you know, the value of being able to be cognizant of those challenges that are there for employees and to be evolving how they're supporting employees is really critical to maintaining relevancy in employee benefits or human resources offerings. And so that's where we really see uh, virtual care solutions playing a very key role. I mean, this is a time where it's been more important than ever to support employee health and to be there with a solution for, you know, those moments of perhaps anxiety because either you yourself as an employee or one of your family members is experiencing symptoms, right? And you're reaching out for a solution and perhaps nervous about going into a physical environment to get that healthcare support for an employer to offer an employee a virtual option that's subsidized that alleviates that concern as i said it's more timely and relevant and appreciated by employees than ever before yeah absolutely and and we've chatted about this before when when you and i had our i think our first zoom call a couple of months ago and it was amazing to me to see how quickly 
this was adopted by Canadians because about a year ago, I remember reading a report, it might've been in the Sanofi report, it might've been a Benefits Canada report, but the penetration of virtual healthcare platforms in Canada was only about 9%. And of course, every time I would chat with my colleagues in the States, they said, Robert, you have to be talking about this. And I was having those conversations early on, but again, it was one of those things that people looked at as a nice to have. But from my standpoint now, and especially speaking as an employer myself, Al and I, it's one of those things that seems to be table stakes now. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think it's absolutely as a result of the pandemic become a table stakes offering for many employers. I mean, we've seen the market has changed dramatically in the last seven months. For yeah, virtual absolutely. Care, right. So, so data points are now indicating that 46% of Canadians have tried virtual healthcare services during COVID. So to your point, to go from nine or 10% to close to half the population, it's, it's dramatic growth and uh, improvement in adoption in a really short period of time which obviously we see as very, very positive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Laurie, you, uh, we had again talked a little bit uh, before we started recording about the history of Willow and, and you guys are a little bit of a, in a unique position where you did start out as a, a, a brick and mortar type of company and now you've evolved. Can you talk a little bit about some of the experience and, and you know, some of the takeaways you've gotten from the change and, and how that evolved? Yeah, absolutely. So, so in terms of our legacy, Wello actually evolved out of an organization called InLive. We do run a bricks and mortar medical clinic out of Calgary, Alberta. It's a full service medical clinic and it's been in service now for, as I said, over 40 years. So we think of ourselves as a healthcare organization first. So we are in the service of care delivery. We have adopted technology over the last few years as a mode to deliver that, you know, highest quality healthcare services and to be able to support more Canadians in their healthcare journey. So we're healthcare first, uh, technology second. Just uh, in terms of some perspective on the last few months in our business, as you can imagine, there have been some pretty significant constraints in running face-to-face healthcare clinic services. We were at a point where Uh, We actually had to close down many of the services in our clinic just in order to, you know, maintain health and safety practices. Uh, Many patients weren't looking to come in for physical care. So the the demand on the clinic side was down approximately 80%. Whereas if you look at the demand and growth on the telemedicine side, the multiples in terms of our growth, our business has grown four to five times in the last six to seven months. So it's been an interesting juxtaposition between the two areas of our business. Lori, I was hoping we could maybe not change directions, but maybe highlight something that I think is incredibly important. And I think the marketplace thinks it is incredibly important. And I'm, and I'm happy in a way to see more focus on it. I'm a, I'm a little disheartened that a lot of people are suffering. It seems to be a little more now with, with mental health issues because of the landscape that we're all living in. But I was hoping to explore, because when we talk about virtual healthcare platforms, most people still think, and, and, and rightly so, because it's a big part of the platform is, oh, I, you know, I cut my finger, I, I um, have some sort of minor infection, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to get it treated and get my prescription. 
But the mental health aspect of virtual healthcare, I think, is really important to speak about. And if it's not daily, it's at least weekly that Benefits Canada or Pension and Benefits Monitor or articles in, in the Globe and Mail are talking about the rise in mental health and anxiety and, and depression among, among client members because with working remote and maybe feeling uh, a little disconnected from their friends and their, the people they used to work for and, and maybe the company itself. And I'll just share this with you. I think it's so important to both plan sponsors and plan members. I was uh, in a finalist presentation with a firm and a couple of carriers. And the critical uh, reason why this particular uh, plan sponsor chose the carrier that they did was they felt they had a much stronger mental health support component. So that's that's very telling about where people's minds are and, and where plan sponsors are. And again, speaking as a plan sponsor ourselves, um, that's something that we definitely want to address and support uh, our plan members so that they do have that support if and when they need it. So maybe you could just speak to the mental health aspect of uh, virtual healthcare. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really happy to take this question and have this be part of our conversation. I think, as you know, Robin, I'm someone who's been very passionate about the opportunity that employers have to support employee health and well-being, you know, my whole career. But in particular, I would add from a mental health perspective, I think employers have a tremendous opportunity to play a key role in supporting, you know, not only the employee, but their family members in, Mm, you know, allowing access to to great care, great tools and resources, but also to be part of really reducing the stigma and playing a role in early identification and support. There's very few relationships that, you know, you spend as much time with as the folks that uh, you surround yourself in your workplace. You two are a great example. I'm sure you're spending many hours a day together every day during your work week. Right. And aside from our family and perhaps some of our closest friends, often our work colleagues get to know us best, but also have the most proximity to us day to day. With that said, back to your question, we're certainly seeing an increase as a result of the pandemic in symptoms of anxiety, depression, feelings of isolation. Two thirds of our population is uh, really putting up their hands and speaking up to say that they're experiencing these issues or these concerns. And many Canadian employees are also very receptive to leveraging virtual care to access that support. And I think there's a lot of value there, right? So going through a virtual facility, right, to access a practitioner. So number one, it allows for better access to care. So in some cases, an individual doesn't know where to go. But if there's a simple solution that's presented to them through their employer, it becomes easier to understand how to reach out for that support. And it also reduces the stigma, right, of having to ask questions and really perhaps expose your feelings of concern to too many others in your circle. If you have one point of contact, perhaps a manager or an HR resource that you have that level of comfort with who can present that solution to you we're likely going to see more individuals using that support to help them manage the day-to-day than if those solutions were out of reach or difficult to really work through how you get access to. Yeah, to your point, I, and I, again, I said in the, in the intro, I've, I've followed your career and you and I have had several conversations with I, and I know you are so passionate about that. And I am too. And, and again, just going back to as a business owner with employees, with plan members, 
I'm so happy to see where this has been going and especially what you're talking about, because again, removing those barriers where mm -hmm. someone might not know where to turn or who to talk to, because let's face it, if, I mean, if you're struggling, maybe that's something you try to keep to yourself, which as we know, doesn't usually end well. And removing those barriers and having that ease of access, especially provided by your employer, I think I think is a phenomenal. And I, and I, I hope to see more growth in that area. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and, and I will add to that for us in our business who are, you know, experiencing uh, sort of a time of a lot of growth and it's long days at this point to support that growth in terms of our front line in supporting our patients who are coming in for appointments. And some of them do work in the clinic as well as on the telemedicine platform. They're sharing stories with us of individuals who are coming in even through the night in some cases who are just really struggling, right? And the ability that they have to provide an ear or a shoulder and listen to the questions or concerns and then really take someone through that appointment, that clinical guidance and support. It's incredibly inspiring. It's what keeps us really being comfortable putting in the hours that we're putting in right now, because I think our clinical teams are doing incredible work. That's so great to hear. And as we're, as we're chatting about mental health, I, I'm thinking to myself, and, and when I, was, I was chatting with you offline beforehand, uh, I was on my laptop at nine o'clock last night, sitting you know beside my spouse and I thought, oh, well, I was there. I'm sitting with her just talking about the long hours we're putting in. And, you know, she looked at me and she said, you need to put that down. And, you know, I, I, I thought to myself, for a second, and then she, she even further said, you're no good to me if, you know, you work yourself to death sort of thing. So I think right now, uh, again, I'm, I'm so happy to hear there's access and, and easy access to these types of programs, because since we went remote and we were talking about this before, we're working longer hours. And just because it's it's so easy, especially when you're working remote, you're working from home, we've got the laptops and you're putting in, you know, those 12, 13, 14 hour days. So you can see where there has been a pretty significant rise in people feeling anxiety, maybe feeling of loneliness and things like that. So really, really happy to hear that companies like Wello or are developing these programs and making it easy for uh, employees to access that. Yeah, absolutely. Laura, you mentioned, and obviously the whole mental health aspect is is such a huge part, as, as you've mentioned, but you did also make reference to uh, telemedicine uh, just in your last bit there. So can you talk a little bit about that, about the telemedicine landscape and what your perspective is uh, around that? Yeah. So, you know, as we talked about, I'd say the understanding of the ability to access healthcare support, speak to a clinician using technology recognition and understanding of this space has grown dramatically over the last six to seven months as a result of COVID. And so we've seen not only mass consumer adoption during that period, but a, a very strong recognition on the part of our industry, whether that's carriers or employers or providers like ourselves, that this is an important and core component of the employee experience. And I think for those employers who are very focused on employee health and well-being as part of that employment experience, there's now become this recognition that telemedicine can play a very key role in providing not just access to care and support, but also providing resources and tools from a preventative perspective to help employees think about behavior modification. So greater physical activity, nutrition, 
thinking about how to manage symptoms of stress, anxiety, burnout, prior to a point where there is perhaps a need to get a treatment plan or to go through an assessment protocol. And so I think what we're seeing with telemedicine, as I said at the top of the conversation, the opportunity is going to extend far beyond this immediate walk-in clinic type need that is so paramount and top of mind right now into longer term aspects of prevention, health and well-being that are proactive, as well as you know, the opportunity to leverage technology around things like absence management, uh, disability management, rehab, if there's opportunities to be doing, you know, rehab and virtual fitness, etc. So I think we're just at the tip of a longer term continuum that was accelerated as a result of COVID. So to just dive into that a little bit deeper, how does your model help? I'm an employee, I'm in a company, and I've got some needs to be able to consult. And I, I don't want to walk into that uh, clinic, like you said, how does your model help me out in terms of being able to access this type of advice and service remotely? Yeah, so we have a very simple user experience. So you effectively, you can download the application onto your smartphone, your mobile device. You're just clicking into the application. You can chat with one of our care coordinators on demand. So you can do that via text-based chat, telephone, or video consult. We have two options for our members. So you can either book an appointment at a time that's convenient for you, or you can take the first available appointment. And that first available appointment is under 20 minutes to access care. And that's with a nurse practitioner. So I talked about our labor model. We leverage nurse practitioners to provide care delivery within the virtual platform. And for those who are less familiar in a a virtual environment, nurse practitioners effectively have the same scope of clinical care as a physician in a face-to-face environment. So they are able to diagnose, prescribe, order diagnostics, and do referrals in that environment. In terms of some statistics on that, 80% of the inquiries or concerns that we have patients come into the platform with, we are able to meet in that virtual facility in that first appointment. Very neat. Yeah, and something else I'll share with you, Al, it's a statistic that we share a lot with clients and prospects and partners. Although some folks are just adopting virtual care for the first time, what we find and, and what our data is telling us is that the challenge isn't getting people to use the support of the system more than once. It's just to get people in for that first appointment so they can have the experience and really understand the convenience and value 72% of individuals who come in and use the service once will come back. Makes sense once they find out how easy it is. Absolutely. Lori, you, uh, you touched on, you know, the, uh, based on your model, your, your labor is the nurse practitioners. And I just want to give a big shout out to all the nurse practitioners out there. My dad passed away recently and spent some time in the hospital and, and, you know, the last stage of life. And, uh, you know, when you see what nurse practitioners and the care they deliver, you realize it's more than a job, it's a calling. So a big shout out to every, I don't know if we have any nurse practitioners, listeners, but uh, if we do, we appreciate you. So, well, Lori, this has been fantastic. And of course, every single time I I chat with you, I I learn something new. Maybe just to finish up, can you maybe talk about, we talked about some of it, but maybe just summarize since COVID-19, 
technology has been adopted pretty rapidly. As far as I'm concerned, it's table stakes. But what do you think that is meant for ongoing care? You've talked about some of that and ultimate outcomes for whether it's mental health or whether it's for dealing with traditional health. How does this lead to better outcomes? If we think back and look at, you know, the positive outcomes that we've seen as a result of the pandemic. I mean, obviously, there will be a number of challenges that we will continue to face in years to come, right? If you think about from an economic perspective alone. However, what I do believe that we will look back and look at as a very positive outcome of our experience in 2020 is the accelerated adoption and use of technology in many different industries and for many different products and services. Healthcare is not an exception here. And I think the the very positive aspect of that is that ultimately, you know, you will have more of the population having greater access to care. There's a convenience factor that you can't deny. And then as well, really, we will see very positive outcomes being driven through that convenience and greater adoption and access. There's all kinds of opportunities for us to continue to innovate how we offer care and the services that telemedicine organizations uh, will support. You know, as I mentioned, we are thinking about moving into the disability management space and how do we leverage the great care from our practitioners and the positive adoption that we've seen from plan members and plan sponsors and individuals to ensure that we have more frequent interactions with individuals, which is so key for someone who's dealing with a chronic condition. More touch points is very strongly correlated to better outcomes. So ultimately, I would say in the healthcare ecosystem and from a patient journey perspective, there's tremendous potential and opportunity in the increased adoption that we've seen throughout this period. Well, that is a very positive message to end the show on. I'm just, again, I I learned something new every time I talk to you. And And I think you're right. I would echo your sentiments. We're going to look back and get some very positive things that came out of the pandemic because maybe it forced us or fast-forwarded things that were occurring already, and and maybe it even created some some new opportunities. Lori, you are hands down one of my favorite people to chat about in the industry. I look forward to future conversations. What's the best way for people to reach out to you with any questions, or if they want to find out more about Wello? For anyone who's interested in uh, finding more about Wello, I would just Google us and check us out at uh, www.wello.ca. And before I sign off here, I do have to say you are also one of my favorite people (laughs) here, Robin. And uh, it's been lovely to spend some time with both yourself and Al today. And I just want to thank you for all of your leadership in this space and for continuing to drive great communication, great thought leadership and great opportunities for people to engage. Wonderful. Well, that does it for today, folks. Another great episode. As always, we appreciate your feedback as it helps shape the direction of the show. Please feel free to reach out to Al or myself if you have any questions or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. And remember, it all starts with one.